Psalm 115, verse 12. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Now, see, the house of Israel was the chosen, the covenant. The house of Aaron were the ministers, the called. Those that feared the Lord were anybody, proselytes, anybody that had come to the Lord. He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. How many is the Lord planning on blessing? Everybody. Now, notice particular verse 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Did you notice that now? The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. There's not much praise going on in the cemetery tonight. But we, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Our God is the God of blessing. He's the God of increase. I mean, he said that in this verse here, he would increase us more and more. We and our children. He would bless us. And the heaven, even the heaven of heavens, is his. But he's given the earth to us. That was a nice present, wasn't it? <laughs> he gave the earth to us. Praise God. Did you know that? That the earth belongs to us. God's got to heaven. He's got to heaven of heavens. If he needed some more planets, he could make some. But he gave the earth with all of its riches and all of its wealth and all of its splendor and all of its beauty to us. To, to enjoy, to develop, to utilize to his glory. Can you say amen? amen? We see different scriptures, you know, even over in the New Testament. You don't have to turn there, but over in 1 Corinthians 3. About verse 6 and 7 along in there, it said twice that it's God who gives the increase. It's God who gives the increase. God is not a God uh, who wants to take away from you. He's not even a God who just wants you to stay where you are. He's a God of increase. Increase. And that means every realm. He wants you to increase in your walk with him. He wants you to increase in knowledge of him. He wants you to increase in revelation. He wants you to increase in the presence of God and anointing of God on your life. He wants you to increase in all the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He wants you to increase. But he also wants you to increase financially, materially, 
Amen. He wants you to increase in money. He wants you to increase in valuable possessions. He wants you to go up in your standard of living. Amen. Amen. He wants you to have more so that you can give more, so that you can do more. He wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. Praise God. So what I had on my heart to minister to you about and what uh, we talked about has to do with the laws of increase. The laws of increase. God is a God of increase. It's his perfect will that we have abundance, not lack, that we continually be increasing. But I think you understand, if you've heard much of the word, that just because God's will is, is a certain thing, that doesn't mean it automatically happens. I mean, it's God's will that everybody be saved, but not everybody's automatically saved. It's God's will that all Christians receive the fullness of the Spirit, but not all do. It's God's will that all of us be healthy and whole and strong and live long, but not all do. It's God's will that all prosper, but not all do. And there are reasons why. But I have, uh, this has been something, an area that, that the Lord has dealt with Phyllis and I intensely about for the last several years. And uh, I, I grew up poor, uh, relatively poor. I mean, you didn't, you didn't know you're poor till you get out and see what other people have got. <laughs> and don't misunderstand me, I had two parents that loved us and worked hard. And we, we never went without anything to eat. And we had something to wear. But then when you grow up a little bit and you get out and see what other people have, you realize that you were, you were poor <laughs> compared to, you know, to what a lot of people, a lot of other people live. And uh, I know after Phyllis and I married and then we came to school, Rama, we struggled. Dear Lord, we struggled. I mean, you know, many a time uh, just didn't go here because you didn't have gas money. Uh, maybe miss a meal just because you didn't have money. Not because you was fasting trying to be spiritual. You just <laughs> just didn't have the money. You know, kind of want to do something that costs $10 and can't do it. Hadn't got it. You understand what I'm saying? Want to do something that costs $5. Can't do it. Hadn't got it. And uh, we felt the pressure of having bills. And getting behind. And, and don't know how to catch up. It seems like if you ever get behind, man, it can be tough. Trying to get caught up. And uh, we, we, we struggled and hurt in those areas. Not just for a month or two. For years, we hurt. And uh, I remember wanting to, wanting to give. Wanting to be able to give so bad. I've gone in the bedroom and, and shut the door and just wept. Just cried. Said, God, I, this is not right. I mean, we are so strapped, we can hardly breathe. And can't do anything, can't give, can't help anybody. I mean, we, you know, we can, can't pay our bills. And I, and I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, I know this is not your will. I know you're a good God. I know you want me blessed. I know it's not your fault. Show me. I need some help. Teach me. Uh, anybody that, that you could hook me up with that could enlighten me further. Any materials I could get a hold of. Uh, open the word to me. 
And how many know that you can hear things and yet not hear them? You can be around wonderful things and yet somewhere or another just not get it. But I'm telling you, the Lord began to teach us, praise God. And I'm not standing here to, this evening and telling you that I've learned all about it because I'm just, just getting started. But I tell you one thing, I'm, we're in better shape than we were, glory to God. And man, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. You know, Brother Hagin used to say that a lot. I know one day I'll never forget it. A friend of mine, Canadian, and myself were sitting right on the front row in healing school. We were just students, just getting started. Brother Hagin was teaching, and we had already had three classes and a heavy Mexican dinner, lunch. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's warm in there in the afternoon, you know. Brother Hagin's teaching kind of line upon line, and <laughs> we're kind of, you know, one eye's about half masked, you know. <laughs> he, he walked over, you know, just about this close. He, this buddy of mine and I were sitting there. Finally, he looked at us. He said, boys, get excited, he said. He said, that's when the Word of God works for you. It's when you get excited about it. Amen. Amen. And you know that's true? You know that's true? You know that you can tell whether something's revelation to you or whether it's just reasoning to you, whether you're just mentally ascending to something or whether it's a living truth inside you by this. Is it old to you? Or are you excited about it? When you hear something, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I've been knowing that for a lot of years. See, it's not real to you. I said it's not real to you. And it's not working in your life. Did you hear me? No, sir, no, ma'am. When, when it's real to you, it excites you. And you never get tired of hearing it. And you're always excited about it. Because it's life. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they're spirit and they're life. And I tell you, after God began to minister to us, we got excited about tithing. We got excited about giving. We got excited about the will of God. And when you get excited about it, you know you're on track then. What kind of giver does God love? Cheerful, full of joy, prompt to do it, giver. Now, see, that alone, tell, sometimes we just look at that and think, well, yeah, that's a nice little phrase, you know, we should clap and be glad when the offering time comes. Well, you know, you can do that and not really be joyful. I mean, I mean genuinely, down in your toes, excited about what you're doing. Excited about what's going on. Now, when you get like that, we know faith is present. Praise God. And when faith is present, God's going to be pleased and there's going to come victory. Can you say amen? amen? So I have, uh, man, there's, uh, there's hardly a day or two gone by that I hadn't meditated and studied along this line over the last several years. Because I knew the Lord wanted me to get it. He wanted me to get it for my benefit, and not just for my benefit, but for other people's benefit that we could teach and help. Because I'm telling you, people are hurting in this area. Man, they're hurting, hurting. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but there's two areas that the devil is going to continually harass you in. And you say, my say, Brother Keith, don't prophesy that over me. Listen, this is life, all right? This is reality. The devil is going to try to keep you sick. And the devil is going to try to keep you broke. If you hadn't found that out, 
Here's a news flash for you. <laughs> he is the killer. He's the stealer. He's the destroyer. That's what he's out to do. And, and you know, I don't blame him. I mean, if I was him, I think I'd do the same thing. Because if you can keep somebody broke and sick, you've incapacitated them. Do you know? If, you know, well, if, if you got money, if you got money, but you're sick, I don't care if you can't afford to do it, you don't feel like doing it. Is that right? You don't feel like getting out of the bed. Well, if you got health, but you don't have money, you feel like doing it, but you can't afford to. <laughs> but uh, if you're sick and broke, you don't feel like doing it, you couldn't afford to anyway. Oh, but friend, when you're healthy and strong and got energy to burn, when you got money in the pocket, money in the bank, bills paid, glory to God, feel good, have money, we'll travel. You're ready. You're ready for service. Is that right? You, you're in a position to do something. You feel like doing something. God has got something to work with. So friend, you and I ought to declare war on sickness and disease, and on poverty. You understand what I'm saying? And we just ought to have it in our mind. We are not going to live in sickness and disease. We are not going to live in poverty and lack. Jesus bought and paid for prosperity and health. And if he went to that much trouble to get it for us, bless God, we're going to have it. We're going to have it. We don't see it all at first. That's not going to deter us. We're going to stay with it. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we're going to stay with it until we see it, until we experience it, until we have it and can minister it to other people. Praise God. Health and prosperity is a strong witness for the Lord. Do you know that? I mean, you, you, you don't tell me that people are not intensely interested in a God who will keep them healthy and wealthy. Now, I realize we get flack. You know, people make fun. So, oh, you're one of those uh, health and wealth gospel individuals. Oh, yeah, you know, that name it, claim it, frame it, blab it, grab it bunch. Amen. <laughs> oh, you preach that prosperity gospel. You preach, you preach that health and wealth gospel. Well, what kind of gospel do you want? I mean, gospel means good news. I mean, wealth is good news. Health is good news. What kind of gospel are you going to have? A sickness and poverty message? Would that be a gospel? Would that be a good news? No. The Bible said, praise Jesus said, the Lord's upon him because he's anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. What would good news to the poor be? <laughs> you don't have to stay poor. That's good news. And the good news to the brokenhearted. And the good news to the blind. And the weak. And the bruised. Glory to God. What is it? The good news is you can be healed. You can be helped. You can be free. You can be saved. You can be blessed. We've got a good God. God who wants to increase us. Can you say amen? amen? So what I've endeavored to do, I like to simplify things, don't you? I always like, I make everything as simple as I can, you know. 
I, I, I figure that the better I understand it, the simpler I can get it. That's my objective. And if it, you know, if it's complicated, that just means I don't understand it that well. But I have, uh, at this point, which I, I believe I'll improve as the days go by, but at this point I have, I have reduced uh, some of the principles that I've seen to just a few. And I want to elaborate on some of those as time would permit and talk to you about the laws of increase. Some main things that I've seen that the Lord dealt with me about that I wasn't really doing, that I had to make adjustments in. And as soon as Phyllis and I began to do this, we saw immediate change. We saw God begin to bless us. We saw things begin to turn around for us. And I know God's no respecter of persons. What he's do for one, he'll do for anybody. Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs, the third chapter, and we're going to begin talking about this first principle or this first law of increase. Proverbs, chapter 3. Proverbs 3. We'll begin reading here in uh, verse... Nine. Proverbs 3, 9. He said, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, this is worded like a law. He didn't say if you do this, then sometimes this happens. I mean, I understand what a law is. A law is something that happens the same way every time it happens for everybody. Like the law of gravity. How many know the law of gravity works for young people and old people just alike? Is that right? I mean, if, if we get up on top of this building, if an older person walks off the top of the building, what happens? They go down. What if a young person walks off the building? What if a man walks off the building? What about a woman? What about a, a, a white person? What about a black person? What about an Indian person? Oriental person? Everybody that steps off, what happened to them? They go down. Why? Because it's a law. Works the same way for everybody all the time. God has said certain things in his word in the fashion of a law. He said, if you do this, then this will happen. Now, when God says that, you can count on it, can't you? If he said, if you do this, this will happen, then if you do what he said, then that's exactly what's going to happen to you. He said this, he said, if you honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. He said, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out. Now, that's, that's more than you can contain. You have to repair and build some bigger, better equipment to hold it with new wine. Now, you know, you may not be, be in agriculture. Most all of them were. But all you got to do is just apply it to whatever you are in. And he's talking about plenty and increase and abundance is going to come to you if you'll do what? Honor the Lord with your substance. That's talking about your things. It's talking about your money. And with the what? 
first fruits of all your increase. I know one of the first things that the Lord dealt with me about is this law that if you'll put God's things first, then he will add things to you. If you'll make sure that his things are taken care of, then he'll make sure that your things are taken care of. But you've got to put him first before you. And you've got to put his things before your things. You've got to put his work before your work. And uh, even though, you know, when you say that, a lot of times people say, yes, amen, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it. The New Testament word is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And he had talked about some material things like housing and food. and those things. These things will be added to you. If you do what? If you seek him, put him, take care of his things, seek the promotion and development of his things first. I know the Lord dealt with me uh, over a couple of years or so ago, spoke to my heart that so many of his people, a lot of his people, are not practicing Matthew 6.33. And he was talking to me about charismatics, that, that so many were not doing that verse. And yet they know it and quote it, but they're not really doing it. Giving is really a side thing to them. It's not first. Really, if you, if you, if they really told the truth, if they really got honest with themselves, their house payment and their insurance and their car payment and their things are really the main things they got on their mind in paying and taking care of. And then they also give some. And that's the way it really is with them. And see, that's the if that's so, then you're violating the first law of increase. The first law of increase is that God is first. First. Now, when you talk about this, you have to talk about tithing. And tithing is such a belabored, argued, misunderstood subject. Tithe just simply means... 10%. The tithe of the tenth. Tenth part of something. And you have people that argue and fuss and say, well, you know, tithing's not even up for the New Covenant. You know, tithing is Old Testament. And that's not for today. Well, not even belaboring that point, how many know that the Bible teaches unquestionably that the things that happen in the Old Testament are types and shadows in the New Testament? Is that right? Well, if people want to argue about it not being new, new Covenant, what was tithing a type of for the New Testament? You understand what I'm saying? What's it a type of? What many do not realize is that there's another word that was used uh, again and again and again with the word tithe and tithing, and is the word first fruits. First fruits. Let me read some scriptures to you. You don't have to turn to these, but think about them as we read them. In Exodus 23:19, again, you don't have to turn to these. I'm going to read uh, several of these. You can just jot them down. Exodus 23:19. It says, "The first 
of the first fruits of the land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The first of the first fruits, bring it to the house of God. Deuteronomy 14.22. Deuteronomy 14.22. He said, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your seed that the field brings forth year by year. In Deuteronomy 26.2, Deuteronomy 26.2, which is the tithing chapter, he said in Deuteronomy 26.2, he said, Thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and put it in a basket, and go to the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. Take the first. Now listen to this. Leviticus 23, verses 10 and 14. Leviticus 23. And this is the NIV. He said, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, and you reap its harvest, bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. You must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. Now, did you hear what he told them? What did he say? He said, you, you don't eat any of it. You don't use any of it until you take the first part that comes in and take it to the house of the Lord. Now, what are they doing? They're putting God first. Is that right? They're honoring God with the first thing that comes in. Leviticus 27.30 is a summary statement of this, and it's a, it's a, it includes a good phrase here. Leviticus 27.30, he said, All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Holy means separated unto God for his exclusive use. If something's holy to the Lord, you don't use it for secular purposes. You use it only for his purposes. Are you with me? Listen to Numbers 18. And I'm just going to give you just a couple of more, but I, I want you to have a real strong scriptural foundation for what we're talking about here. Numbers 18, 12 through 14. He said, all the best of the oil and all the best of the wine and of the wheat, the first fruits of them which they shall offer to the Lord, them have I given thee. He's talking about to the, the people of God, the priests and the Levites. And whatever's first stripe in the land, which they shall bring to the Lord, will be thine. Everything devoted will be thine. He was talking to the uh, priesthood and to the Levites that were the ministers. Notice that word, first fruits, best, tenth, or tithe. Now, Listen to a couple of New Testament references. New Testament references. Jesus said this over in Luke 11, verse 42. Luke 11, 42. The Pharisees were debating with him about certain things, and he said this to them. Luke 11, 42. He said, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue, and all manner of herbs. 
Now see, they, they were tithing, I mean extremely legalistically. I mean, not only did they tithe the big stuff, they tithe, it'd be, it'd be comparable to us tithing our salt and our pepper. <laughs> I mean, every little thing, given a tenth of that. And he said, you do that, but you pass over judgment and the love of God. Now listen to what Jesus said. He said, these ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Did Jesus say you ought to quit fooling with that tie? This is the new covenant coming in now. What did he say? And it's silly going to all, you know, measuring salt. and or, He said that, you know. No, what did he say? He said, you do this. And he said, and you ought to have done it. But you ought to have done this other too. Can you say amen? Don't you remember he also said on one occasion, this is Matthew 12, 17. Matthew 12, 17, when they tempted him about paying the taxes, do you remember what he said? Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And what? God doesn't really have anything that belongs to him. Or does he? Under this new covenant. Under the old covenant, the tenth and the first root belong to God. What about under the new covenant? Does God have any money? I said, does God have it? I mean, he certainly needs some to run his churches, to run his ministries. Does he have any? Render unto God the things that are God's. Jesus said there are things that are God's or devoted. Now, talking to them, they knew you didn't have to explain that to them. I mean, for centuries, it had been taught the, the tithe, the first fruit, the best and the first of the crop, that goes to God's work. They all knew that. They practiced that generation after generation. Now, tithe is not just 10%. The tithe is the first and the best. That's the tithe. Now, when he says, honor the Lord with your substance, the Lord made this statement over in 1 Samuel. He said, those that honor me, I will honor. But I know for years I didn't see the connection that the word honor in so many passages involves financial and material giving. In our Western minds, we don't always make that connection. When the Lord says honor this or that, he does not just mean use uh, preferential titles. He means again and again, get in your pocket. And I'm going to show you that and give you scriptures for it as we go. I mean, it's obvious in that passage when he says, honor the Lord, he goes on and says, with your substance. What are you doing with your substance? Honoring him. And how are you going to honor him? With the first fruits of your substance. First fruits of honoring with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, increase is everything that you're increased by. Everything that comes in. Now, you can tithe. Uh, let me say it like this. You can pay tithes and not be blessed. There are a lot of living examples of it. 
I said you can pay tithes and not be blessed. I don't like that phrase that much. I wouldn't argue with anybody about it, but I, you won't hear me use that phrase really, pay tithes. Because it sounds too much like paying a bill. And I do not have the same mentality about giving tithes to the Lord as I do paying a bill. And yet, a lot of people pay tithes much like they pay another bill. I mean, they sit down and get their calculator and figure to the penny what that 10% is and pay what I owe. I'm talking about the ones that even do tithes. There's a whole lot of people that don't. And you hear people say this, you know, well, well, now, brother, I just believe in being led by the Holy Ghost. Well, that's great. Me too. But I guarantee you this. If you're consistently giving less than 10%, you're not being led by the Holy Ghost. I mean, just think about this now. Think about it. Can you get by with Uncle Sam on 10%? Just say income tax. Hmm? No? No. What does he want? <laughs> somebody said, huh? Somebody said, all. Well, now, what, what does he want? At least like, at least like 15% federal income tax. And then it jumps up to, somebody help me. 28, and it jumps up to 30-something, and it jumps up again. So let's just say what, it, it, Uncle Sam wants at least 15. Well, now, do we support Uncle Sam more than we do God? Do you hear what I'm saying? People want to fuss and fight about tithing. They want to fuck. I mean, God has never changed. Now, Uncle Sam has gone up. <laughs> Is that right? God's been the same all the time. And he doesn't give you some big spill about why you got to go up. And <laughs> I mean, centuries and centuries ago, it was 10%. And tithe is 10% now. Do we put do, do we put supporting our, our government and our country and our national economy ahead of supporting the work of God? Are we more committed to that than we are the gospel? Did you hear what I'm saying? You see, people that fuss about whether you ought to tithe or not, they never got a hold of the truth of the word in this area at all. Because when you do get a hold of the truth, you won't be fussing about seeing how little you can get by with giving. You'll be seeing how much you can do for the things of God. If you're fussing about seeing how little you can get by with, see, you, you hadn't got it yet. Just hadn't got it yet. But uh, we have a better covenant than they had. Is that right? Well, should we do worse in our giving than they did? Under a better, we got more benefits, much more. We got a better covenant, a better mediator, better promises. Should we do worse in our giving and supporting God's work than the old covenant people did? Should we support God's work less than we do our federal government? 
I think not. Jesus said you ought to have done this. He's talking about tithing. Even tithing small things. Now what my wife and I have learned, we've practiced consistently, not not from, you know, the beginning, but for the last, you know, some time, is everything that comes in, we take the first part of that before we ever look at a bill, before we ever figure anything, we take the first 10 plus of that. And when I say 10 plus, always round it off on the fat side. You know what I mean by that? But but we just, we take it, you know, if it's a, if the tithe off of it is $103, well, at least round it off to 110 120 if you want to. You understand what I'm saying? Round it off on the fat side. If it's whatever it is, if it's $52, we'll at least round it off 55 maybe 60 You understand what I'm saying? And, and give it to God. Give it to God. We tithe to our local church. And we give it. That's it. Take the first right off the top. Before you ever look at anything, just, just take that and then give it to God. And then look at your stuff. Did you hear me? Did you hear what he said? Over there we read that scripture. He said take that first sheaf before you ever eat a bite. Before you ever eat any of your crop, you take that and give it to the priest and give it to God. And what I've also learned to do because what did he say? Honor the Lord with your substance and with the what? First fruits of all, hear that word? All your increase. So what we've begun to do last year or so is uh, uh, if anybody gives me anything, that's increase. If somebody gives me a pair of shoes, I figure approximately what they cost and I give a tithe off that. If somebody gives me uh, you know, if somebody buys me uh, uh, this or a that or a shirt or a tie or, you understand what I'm saying? They give me a piece of jewelry. Well, that's increase. That's something that came in that I didn't have. Right? If God hadn't dealt with them to give it to me, it, it wouldn't have come. So it's increase. You see, they did, they, they, they're not just talking about currency in this. They're talking about their crops. They're talking about their herds. Anything that came in. If they had a calf or if they had a goat or whatever, you know, they, they tithe off that. And so it's not just a matter of just legalistically you know, figuring and giving that tenth. It's a matter of putting God first. And when you take that first fruit and you take the best right off the top and you give it to God, you should do it with the right heart. You should do it with faith. You should lift it up before the Lord. And you say, in doing so, you say, Lord, uh, I'm acknowledging by giving this back to you, I'm acknowledging that this came from you. That I wouldn't have it unless you had blessed me. And I'm acknowledging by my tithing that, that you're my source. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And Lord, I give it back to you because I want to support your work. I want your church to have everything it needs. I want your people and your ministers to have everything they need. And I want, I, I want our, our place to be decked out first rate. I want us to have the best of everything, the work of God. And Lord, I want your work to everything to be taken care of. And Lord, I give it gladly because I know there's a lot more where this came from. Yes. I can turn this loose, no problem, because there's a lot more yes. where this came from. And if you read this 26th chapter of Deuteronomy carefully, you'll find that, that 
what I've done is uh, go through there and, and, and make a prayer for myself. And Phyllis and I have prayed this at different times over ourselves from Deuteronomy 26 because that's a tithing chapter. He talked about rejoicing, about worshiping the Lord while you did it. it, it see, it, in this new covenant, God will not be pleased just by you putting a check in the plate. If you don't do something in and of the Spirit, and if you don't do it in and of faith, He won't be pleased with it. I don't care how large the check is. Just going through the mechanics of it will not please Him. It's got to be done in faith. It's got to be done in the Spirit, by the Spirit, with your heart. And friend, when you get a revelation of that, and you begin to practice that, then you are, I mean, that's a real strong way of putting God first, isn't it? And you begin to put God's things first. If you hear that his church needs something or that his ministers need something or that this ministry or that ministry needs something, then you put his works and his needs, God has needs in the area of putting the gospel out, you put those ahead of your own. And you've got to get more interested in supporting the work of God than you are in getting that new car or that new house. Or that new, that new jewelry are moving up and this and that. You've got to put his things ahead of yours. And that's a mentality. It takes a revelation. And it takes some, some exercising of some change in your life. Because that's not the way people think naturally. Think with me about these examples. They're all through the word of God. Do you remember the offerings and sacrifices of Cain and Abel? Go to Hebrews 11 real quickly. Notice this. And Abel, he also brought of the what? Firstlings of his flock and of the what? The fat. And we, today we'd say the best, the choice thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain, to his offering, he had not respect. Now see, nothing is said about Cain's offering other than he just brought of the fruit of the ground. Uh, nothing is said about the caliber of it. But it, we are told about Abel's that his was the firstlings and his was the best. But Hebrews 11 just says he gave, he gave in faith. But did you understand, the reason I wanted you to look at both of those verses, is because these two concepts are inseparable. You can't give in faith unless you do your best. Did you hear me? If you're not doing your best, your heart knows it. And see, faith is of the heart. And if you're not really putting God first, then your heart knows it. And how many understand that God's more interested in your heart than he is the money? His works need the money, but he's more interested in your heart that you are truly doing the best for him you know how to do and that you are truly putting him first above everything else. God wants to know that. And I'm telling you, people like to talk about it in just a spiritual sense, but I'm telling you, it becomes real evident when it comes to getting in your pocket. It does. Heard one individual say one time, he thought certain people, he said he thought when they were baptized in the water, that they must have held their pocketbook up out of the water as they went down. Because <laughs> they wasn't dedicating that part to the Lord. Hey Amen, I'm telling you. I, you know, I, I knew it before I really started strong on these areas, but I, I know I'm not going to back off of it. I don't care. But I'm telling you, you'll catch flack about these things. And man, there's some people you just mention money, and boy, they get upset. They get upset. They get bent out of shape. 
And I know it's sad, but there are individuals and have been and are and probably will be ministers, some even well-known, that just uh, used scriptures and used some of these same godly principles that we're talking about to manipulate people for personal gain and just, just to line their pockets and just prophesy money out of your pocket to theirs. Did you hear me? It's a fact charlatans, crooked individuals. But you know, it's that same thing in any other area you want to talk about. You got your real and you got your false. But it doesn't do away with the real principles of God's Word. God's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us the Word. We ought to be, if we'll listen to Him, we'll discern between what's right and what's wrong and who's for real and legit and who's just in it for the money. You understand? I want to say something real strong. If you ever put your money into something and then later found out that you know that they were charlatans and tricksters, you ought to be more aggravated with yourself than you are with them. Say amen or owe me or something. Because if you'd have prayed and been led by the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't have done it. Or you wouldn't have stayed with it. Sometimes people start out good and then they, they go wrong. And that's why you don't just need to do something just methodically and mechanically. You need to pray about things. You need to check things out. And not just once in a while. I mean, so, uh, there's been works that were doing a great work five years ago. But for the last two and a half years, they hadn't done anything. Did you hear me? Human beings are human beings. And you just need to be led. You need to stay on top of things. I mean, if people would just be as conscientious about giving and sowing in spiritual things as they are natural things. Man, if somebody's going to invest in some stock, if they're going to buy this or that, they check it out, don't they? They stay up with that thing. They watch that thing sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes at least weekly. But then people lose their sense when they start dealing with spiritual things. So you can make bad investments spiritually just like you can make bad investments naturally. You can sow into ground that's not producing. You can sow into things that's not right. You can even help people that's in error. You don't want to do that. Uh, you know, John talked about certain individuals that were preaching wrong doctrine. He said, don't even receive them into your house. Don't even say Godspeed to them. Don't be a partaker of what they're doing. Because they're teaching error and they're doing wrong. They're tearing up churches and hurting people. Don't you put a dime in that. Don't you even say God bless you. Because you don't want God to bless what they're doing. He's not going to bless what they're doing. You want to pray for them, love them, want them to come out of that, but you don't want to help them propagate error is what I'm saying. Think about some of these things. Concerning uh, uh, putting God first. How many remember the story of Elijah? How that uh, there was a famine on in the land. God told him to go down to a certain creek and he'd sustain him. Well, he had those uh, uh, birds fly, uh, you know, ravens fly meat to him and bread to him on a regular basis. And he had the water there, you know. Well, then later on he told him to go into this certain town, Zarephath, I believe it is. And there was a certain widow woman he had commanded to sustain him there. Well, he went in there and he saw this woman. I guess he knew who it was by the Spirit. And he said to her, he said, would you bring me some water? And she said, okay, which that was kind of her. They're strangers. 
And he said, and, and why are you doing that? Would you bring me a little bite to eat? Now, see, this is like asking for gold. Famine's been on for years. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, she looked at him. She said, sir, she said, I, I've got just a handful of meal, just a little bit of oil, and I was gathering a few sticks to build a fire. I was going to make a little cake, just one little cake for my, myself and my son, and we were going to eat it, and that's all we've got, and then I guess we'd just die. Now, listen to what this preacher said. <laughs> he said, go and make me a little cake first. Now, what would the media do with that? <laughs> I started to name a program or two, but I don't think I will. What? <laughs> what would certain news programs do with that? Certain current event programs? <laughs> what would certain publications do, do with that? You know, you can see the headlines now. Greedy preacher takes food out of child's mouth. <laughs> you, have to, you know, put yourself in this woman's place. She's got a decision. This is, from the natural standpoint, this is taking food out of your baby's mouth. And you don't have a meal for tomorrow. Can you see why God sent him to that woman? Can you? What did she do? Yeah, she did, she did need help and blessing, but it, there was a, uh, you know, Jesus said this. He said there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elisha the prophet, but to none of them was he sent except to this woman, a widow, and Zarephath was a foreigner. Why was he sent there? Because this woman had faith. It's obvious. It takes faith to take food out of your baby's mouth and give it to the preacher. Are you listening? But see, in doing so, what is she doing? She's putting God first. Is that right? See, God, God in heaven sitting on the throne and the master Jesus, they don't need money. Personally, you understand what I'm saying? They don't need anything personally. But his people need things. His church needs things. His workers need things. All of his people need things. And so he takes it personally. If they need it, he needs it. And he says, if you've done it unto one of them, the least of them. What did he say? You've done it to me. So she did. She gave him the first cake. And I mean, it was like gold. It's life itself. But what happened? God did a miracle. And she had meal and oil, and they ate every day for the rest of the famine while other people starved and died. They ate and lived until it rained and food became plentiful again. Glory to God. I know something else the Lord showed me that I didn't, I hadn't saw, didn't see as clearly was when God gave the Israelites the land of Canaan, and they began to go in, you know, when they crossed the river, the first city they got to was Jericho. Remember that? And how God told them supernaturally to march around the walls, and they did, and on that seventh day, the seventh time, walls fell, and they went up. But you remember what God told them about that city? That's the first city in the land of Canaan after they crossed that river. And he said, that city 
is mine. It's devoted to me. Every, everything in that city, all the spoils of that city are mine. You give them to me. Nobody touches anything. It's mine. Do you remember that? You can read about it in Judges. And you remember there was one guy named Achan. And he saw bar gold and a nice suit of clothes. And he wanted it. And he took it. And he hid it in his tent. And, and didn't, you know, wasn't going to tell anybody, of course. And the next day they went up to fight Ai. And they fell in battle. Were defeated. Ran, ran off. And when they began to seek the Lord, why? He said, somebody's taken of the devoted thing. Now the word devoted and the word holy are used sometimes interchangeably in this sense. And so what he's saying is this, the spoils of Jericho are holy to me. Don't touch them. They're mine. And even when somebody touched one thing, God was angry. Why? Because it's mine. Don't touch it. It's holy to me. We, we read earlier, what did he say? The tithe is what? Holy to the Lord. Dedicated to him. The first fruits are holy to the Lord. Don't you remember the Lord said, the firstborn of every uh, animal the first of the crops, the first of everything is mine. You remember him saying that? It's all through the Old Testament, all through the Word. Is it because he didn't want them having any gold? Is it because he didn't want them to have nice clothes? The next city, he gave all of it to them. And the next city, he gave all of it to them. And the next city, he gave, and the next 10, and the next 20, he gave it all to them. All of it. He said, help yourself. Take all the cows, take all the gold, Help yourself. But what? The first one is mine. Don't touch it. Now, there are several reasons why God is that way. But we need to know he is that way. You understand? He said the first is mine. Don't touch it. And if you'll do that, oh, glory to God. If you'll do that, the next city you have the whole thing. Next 12 cities. I'll tell you one thing about the tithe. You won't keep it. If you don't give it to God, the curse will eat it up. Plus, if you will honor God and put Him first, that 90% will go further than that 100 would. And in honoring Him, you're acknowledging your source, and he will bless you. He will increase you. I said the first law that we're talking about here of increase is the law of putting God first, honoring him. He's first above everything. I should let you go. We're getting late here. Uh, how many can come back? You you plan on coming back? I'd like I'm just I'm just getting started with some things here. Don't want to hold you up too late. Uh, would you give me just about five, ten more minutes? Would you, can you do that? Would that put you out too bad? Because that that bring me to a good place where I could unhook and then hook up at another place tomorrow. Uh, turn with me to a scripture in Haggai. Uh, I don't know if you know where Haggai is at or not. <laughs> but it's in here. 
I tell you, if you go to the, if you go to, to Matthew and start backing up, it won't take you long to get there. As you back up till you get to Malachi, and you back on up till you get to Zechariah, and just keep backing up, next thing you know, you will find Haggai. I know the Lord dealt with me to read this little book. It's just two chapters. And to read it again and again. And, uh, you know, I, I read it probably 20, 25 times over a course of time. Just kept coming back because the Lord kept dealing with it. Go back and read that. There's some things there you hadn't got. Go back and read that. Go back and read that. And finally, one day it dawned on me. I guess some people's quicker than others. But it dawned on me that the whole theme of this little book is Matthew 6.33. The whole theme. Just two chapters, you see. But the theme of the whole thing is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first. Put God first. Now listen. In verse 1. Haggai 1, 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much, and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. <laughs> you ever felt like that? <laughs> we won't ask for any testimonies now. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. Now he's talking about his house. Build my house, and I'll take pleasure in it, and I'll be glorified, saith the Lord. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Can you see what he's saying here? He's saying, consider your way. I mean, you, you get one step ahead and you get knocked back too. Just about time you get this taken care of, this tears up. You work hard and think you got a little, a little extra, and it seems like that it's just going out of hole somewhere. He said, but you keep saying the time is not now for me to do the Lord's things. He said, but is it time for you to do your things? And how many times people have had that mentality? Well, you know, I just don't, I don't have anything right now. One of these days, when I get in better shape, I'm going to do something. 
Oh, yeah, I would like to buy this for this one, and I'd like to do this for this one. And as soon as I can, as soon as I get my stuff where it's, you know, where it's in good shape, then I'm going to do something for the work of the Lord. Yeah, but you're violating the first principle, a law of increase. You're putting your stuff first. As soon as I can get my house paid for, as soon as I can get my car, as soon as I can get this next thing, as soon as I can get this, as soon as I can, then I'm going to do this. That's not the way it works. You're working, you're working diametrically opposed to God's laws. And it's not that you've got to break some record. It's just that you've got to do where you're at. You've got to put God first. First. I think people have, have not realized. In charismatic circles, it's kind of the mentality has kind of been you can, you can have your cake and eat it too. When it comes to these areas. People have thought wrongly. They thought, well, I'll go out and I'll get, I'll get this bigger payment. I'll get this bigger payment. I'll get this. I'll get that. And plus, I'll believe God for a lot of extra to give to the Lord too. Well, you've already violated the first principle. You put yourself first. This is the, this is the reality. So many times what is the case, and we've done this, and Phyllis and I have talked about these things, you know, you might want to do something, but you get to look and you think, yeah, but if I do that, then I'm not going to be able to give like I want to. So I can't do that right now. We'll wait on this so we can give more right now. And then later on, I'll buy three of them if I want to. But right now, I can't do that See, so your income's, you know, you only got so much. And you may have a vision, but you've got to operate where you are right now. And uh, the thing is, people so many times are yelling, the devil's attacking my finances, the devil's attacking my finances. But the truth be known, he hardly had to help you at all. <laughs> he just dangled the carrot a little bit, and you stood by while you messed yourself up. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And you're just putting yourself first, putting yourself first, putting yourself first. All you got to do is look at how much is going out for you and how much is going out for him. You, you really get some, some reality when you just look at your accounts and look at what's coming in, what's going out, and who's it for? Revelation dawns. I'm not saying that God expects you to live on the side of the road and, and, and eat out of garbage cans and, and put every penny in the offering plate. I'm not saying that. But I am saying you've got to, to come to a, a conviction in your heart and a commitment in your heart that I'm going to put God's things first. And I'm going to sow and, and you've got a heart to give. And you've got to get more interested in giving than in getting what you want. And you've got to use your faith more to sow into the work than you have than you're using it to get things. And that's where charismatics have been backwards. They've been reversed. Now notice in the second chapter here, and I'm closing. Second chapter of Haggai. He said in verse 15. He said, And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days were when one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were just 10. 
When one came to the press fat for to draw out 50 vessels out of the press, there were but 20. In other words, poverty and lack. I smote you with blasting, with mildew and hell and all the labors of your hands, yet you turned not to me, saith the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth. From this day will I bless you. What's he saying? He's saying you, you've had all these problems. You've been in such hurt and lack. He said, but watch this. From the day you started building my house, from the day you started putting me, my house, ahead of your house, you watch it. I will bless you from this day forward. Glory to God. How many believe you can count on the word of God? If he said it, it had happened. Glory to God. I'll be honest with you. There was a time not too many years ago that the main thing I was using my faith for financially was for me to get that new car. Was for me for us to get that better, this better, this, and for this better that. You understand what I'm saying? But not anymore. I I believe God in heaven. I believe that you ought to have nice things. I believe God wants us to have the best. But I'm using my faith now to get in position to give more. I'm believing God to be able to double certain areas of my giving within the next six to nine months. I'm using my faith. That's what I'm using my faith for. I'm confessing that. And I've been operating that way for a little while now. And since I have, I'm telling you, blessings, glory to God. I could sit here and start telling you testimonies and tell you testimony after testimony after testimony. Things being paid off, things being taken care of, things being given, favor, blessings, things, money. And it's not because I was using every ounce of faith I had to get a thing. I'm using my faith to give. To give. To give. And we started, we started giving that, that 10%. And then we bumped it up to 15%. And then we bumped it up uh, more and more. And, and uh, our goal right now is 51%. That's what we're shooting for. Then the next year or so, that's what we're shooting for. Glory to God. That's, that's our goal. I'm not fussing about tithing. I believe it's a good place to start. <laughs> I'm going to tell you before this weekend's over if you're here again about an individual a couple of individuals one of them I, I read about many of you may be familiar with him that I was inspired about his testimony a brother R.G. Letourneau who was developer of a lot of heavy equipment a lot of the giant earth moving equipment that you see today he designed it built it and he was a Christian man, a godly man. He thought God wanted him to be a preacher, but God got across to him eventually. No, I just want you to be a businessman, but I want you to serve me here. And he started out tithing. Tithing from his personal, tithing from his business. And within a few years, to, you know, after several years, I should say, at the end of, of, of several years, he went from giving 10% and living on 90 to giving 90% of his personal income and 90% of his business income and living like a king on 10%. Man had airplanes and all kind of stuff. And that was years ago. How many know that 10, on 10% of 20 million, you can live pretty good? Is that right? 
Hmm? <laughs> that inspired about you, that inspired me. I mean, we sing about it, we talk about it, that you can't outgive God. But do we believe that? You can't outgive God. You can't. That inspired me. And I guess you know there'll always be people fussing about whether they ought to even give 10% or not, but some people, you know, they just won't get it, I guess. But I believe I'm looking at people that'll get inspired, people that'll get a vision, people that'll have faith, and people that'll rise up and honor God, honor God, honor Him and put Him first. And you watch when you honor Him, what did He say? I will honor you. I will bless you. I will increase you more and more, the text said. You're blessed of the God who created the heavens and the earth and gave the earth to you. Praise God. Stand it with me if you would. Praise the Lord. I tell you, before this weekend is over, I want you excited. About giving. Amen. And I'm not, we're not going to stir, listen to me carefully now. We're not going to try to stir you up and get you to make some rash commitment. We're not going to make some big pull for Brother Keith to get a big offering. Did you hear me? I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. No, sir, we're not going to do that. I want you to, to get in faith, I want you to get in the Word. After I'm gone, I want you to get with your spouse or if you're a single, get down with your figures. I don't. I want you to just sit when the offering plate goes by and say, well, am I going to put in a five or a one or what am I going to do? I want you to sit down. Look at your figures from last year. Look at your projections for next year. You understand what I'm saying? Look at your, every, all of your debts and all your assets and I want you to get in faith. What am I going to do? Let's get a vision for bumping this up to this percent and where are we going to sow it? What are we going to do extra? And not do anything rashly or because of some emotional pull in the service, but because you've got before God, and you've got a plan, and you've got a focus, and you've got direction, and you get a plan for doing something the rest of this year, and for next year, if the Lord tears His coming, to grow and to develop according to God's principles and laws. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank You so much that You're a good God. We are convinced we are persuaded that you are a God of prosperity. You're a God of blessing. You're a God of increase and abundance. El Shaddai. And Lord, we believe you're teaching us. And we believe you're helping us. And I pray that hearts would be open. I pray that revelation would come and light would dawn. And shackles and bondage and lies and deceptions and misconceptions would be shattered and broken and lifted. And the truth would set us free. And the truth would inspire us, and in your light, we would see light. And Lord, we give you all the glory and praise, and I thank you for blessing these people and making us a blessing. In Jesus' holy name, amen. This ministry has been brought to you today, free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.